This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. And I am Praetor. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're beating dogs because we're pieces of shit as we watch Spine 416 of the Criterion Collection, Alf Schoberg's Miss Julie from 1951. But first, RJ. Schoberg. Schoberg, we we know. we got Schoberg, nice. Schoberg, Schoberg, Schoberg. RJ, yeah, it's cold. Holy shit, Jared! It's 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 winter time now. Finally, remember? Finally, like you were looking forward to it, or finally, well, like it's it's. I, I, it, I recognize, we I recognize the necessity of snow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's I what's this too, going but... to be? Is this an Arctic dome? Is this a polar vortex? Which is it? I don't know. I think it's a polar fart text, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, damn. <laughs> I don't know, but all I know is uh, within a span of four days, we have a 40-degree swing, Jarrett. Uh, it, was, yeah. <laughs> it was six degrees yesterday. It got and that warm, huh? It was six degrees yesterday, and in about 30 hours, it is going to be negative 37. <laughs> so that is a 43-degree swing. Hmm? Can you imagine? Can you dig that, sucker? Going to kill a lot of, a lot of animals, Jarrett. Kill a lot of animals. Well, uh, yesterday, I was walking around uh, Dead Lake, one of the lakes here in town, and uh, right in the middle of the walking path, there was a dead goose. Goose? You, know, you see, goose are pretty resilient, so. You know, it was a dead. There's like, uh, there's no uh, um, foul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing. Uh, no there's foul no, play? No, yeah, there was no ducks. Uh, okay. Uh, there was, uh, but there was no uh, feathers, like, ruffled up. And like, they get anything that attacked it. It's just like, it keeled over and died. Yeah. Now, about. 30 feet away, there's like a, I don't know, three, 400 geese all hanging out on this lake. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but it was very sad. Oh, I'm sure. Poor I'm sure. goose. That was something my grandpa always said, uh, you know, back in the day. He was a, uh, because he was a rancher, you know, and he was always like, you know, cows can handle cold. Cows are fine with that. He's like, but uh, what they can't handle is the really fast, the swing. But it, when it drops thirty degrees in fucking twelve hours, he's like that. He's like that'll get him. That'll get him. So, hey, did you know buffalo walk into the storm instead of away from it? Did you know that? Into the storm. Yeah, if there's a, a winter storm, buffalo will walk into the storm instead of away. That's kind of like you. <laughs> I mean, that's every Wednesday mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Walking right into uh, yeah, into the evil that'll that awaits. The evil that's that's here. But yeah, it's cold, man. And it's so cold 
I don't have anything, any stories, because it's too cold to do anything. Mm. You know what I mean? No interactions yeah. with people. No. Nothing fun. No, no teenagers. Uh, Shenanigans? Uh, r- ringing doorbells. The monkey boys? No, no. There's no way the monkey boys are going to be out in this. They're soft. They're cowards. I've told you this before. They're cowards. They they can't brave the cold. I could. I could. Especially if they were afoot, but... uh not those weak, weak men. Key boys. One of these days, Jared. One of these days. Bam. Zoom. Straight to the moon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He knows what I mean. I know what he knows mean. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nothing interesting's happening right now. Because it's very, very cold. Anything new in your life over there? Uh, I don't know. Not, just, not a whole heck of a lot. Just living, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Things are... Uh, <laughs> business is picking up. Morale's at an all-time high. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's January. It's blue month. You know that? Is Sad- it? Saddest day of the year is coming up. Or or did we already pass we're, it? We're, we're, are we in the mid the day? Saddest day of the year? That's in Week, January, month? isn't it? Well, I mean, we're in it then. Yeah. It hasn't passed. Well, the month, but there's, there's one day. Blue, Blue Monday. Mon- Blue Monday, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Blue Monday. Is it the first Monday of the year, or is it somewhere in the middle of, Mon- of January? What is the concept of Blue Monday? I think it was um, like, there was a high um, suicide it's the th- rate. Sorry, it's the third Monday of the month. I think it's just when, it's like, uh, when we're at, like, low light... That would be if we haven't got there yet. We're heading toward the saddest day of the year. We're uh, five days out. Good, good. Yeah, we're we're close, buddy. Very, very close. I don't know why it's that. Is it because of suicide? I don't know. What the people are sad? Isn't it because? <laughs> well, yeah, but why is that? Reasons. Why is that the saddest day of the year? You know, uh, is there a statistic uh, to back it up? It's like, yeah, man, a lot of people. Yeah, I mean. You're you're the one talking about it. You tell me. I don't know. I just say things. I, 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 I you just here? say things. You're asking me questions. I'm like, I don't know. Well, what are you new here? Like, I, you, you know, I just you got, say things. You 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 got the Google. You got you can look it up. I did, Google. What is that? Google. Goggles. Is that is that English? Never heard of such a thing. Ever. Ever. <sighs> so we're doing great. We're doing fantastic, RJ. Yeah. As I said, morale's at an all time high. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing very nice. <laughs> um I got I got a quick email here from Oliver Granger I could read. Okay. Let's do that and then let's let's get into creeping because uh <sighs> it's not gonna be much of a preamble for you folk out there. However Whoever. We have other things to discuss. Um Oliver writes in an email entitled Jizia's Oh dear. Catching up on the pod, you mentioned you hadn't seen a good doco in a while. I would mm. like to recommend on Netflix Genius, a Kanye trilogy. Uh-huh. I think I think you Jizias would find it really interesting. Watching Gee. a guy with crazy drive and ambition make it to the top and then go insane could easily be a Criterion film or a Criterion podcast. Or a Criterion podcast. You know what I mean? 
potentially. Yeah, you gonna check that out, RJ? Um, I don't know. I've 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 had other people recommend it to me, and I used to like Kanye. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. I don't know if I got the time for that dude anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He, I feel like he needs um professional help, and and no one's doing that. So, right. I don't know if I want to. I don't know. I don't know. What's the verbiage you can use here? No. No thanks. I'm gonna say no thanks. Are you gonna check it out? No. Mm, not not at this time. Not at this junction. Yeah. If I was more invested in the the Kanye story, the Ye story, um, yeah. maybe. But no. Jesus. <laughs> not Jesus. Yeah. That's that's what he says. That's cool. Yeah. So, RJ, what you been creeping on this I week? Mean, I did some stuff. I did some stuff, Jarrett. Uh, ask me ask me if they deserve to die. Do they deserve to die? Uh, yes, they deserve to die. And I what hope they I? burn in hell. Oh. You ever heard of a time to kill, Jarrett? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, all the things we're talking about here. Now, think about it again. But imagine that she was white. You talking about Sam Jam? Talking about Sam Jam, McConaughey, uh, Spacey again. He's back, Jarrett. Spacey's mm-hmm. back. Uh, is he a, is he the prosecutor or something? He this? is. He's the DA prosecutor. Oh yeah. Rufus Buckley. Rufus Buckley. Uh, there's tons of actors in this thing, man. Both of the Sutherlands, Donald and Kiefer. Oh, how do they compare to the Kirk brothers? Well. <clears throat> Two of those, two of the those men are watchable as actors, and two of them are not. I would say. You decide, which which two. Mm-hmm. Uh, your buddy Oliver Platt, Sandy Bullock, they're all here, man. Whoa, Ashley Jubb, or Judd even. Judd. <laughs> Judd. Juddhead. What happened to all the Juddheads out there? You know, I know she got Weinstein and then like blacklisted, but like. Uh, there used to be lots of Juddheads. What do you What do you think happened? Jugheads. Those two. <laughs> sure. <laughs> ju- what about the Jugheads? Oh, they're too busy eating hamburgers. Did Jughead uh, only eat hamburgers, or did he ever eat cheeseburgers? I don't know. I mean, I'd have to check with my contacts in Riverdale. It uh, stay out of Riverdale. That's Remember right. that one? That's right. Remember that one? You see, you've seen a Time to Kill, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know if I did. I think last week I was like, I probably did. I don't remember too much about it now, though. So I don't, I don't remember if I mentioned before, but like, so I, I turned this on for, for with Andy. Um, oh, uh, did you, do you know who wrote the screenplay? Grisham. No, no. That's who wrote the novel? Who wrote the script? Uh, Schumacher. No. He directed. He directed. Oh so yes, it's based yes, on... yes. One of our, <laughs> one of our, uh, our recent. Uh, favorite uh screenwriters um no yeah. a man who's got the entire a- a- franchise Akiva Goldsman. that's right mm-hmm. kurtzman Goldsman. i forgot to bring that up because uh when i saw that i was like oh. i went no way <laughs> no way no way and you went unbelievable i i imagine that that line um now imagine that she's white and then everyone goes oh. and they all look up and they go oh my god if this was a white girl this would be tragic. And then you go, what? 
So I, I bet I bet that might have been an, a, a Goldman. Uh, I, I turned on for, with Andrea, and I was like, this was like one of my favorite movies when I was a little kid. And we were watching it, and the first 10 minutes is pretty rough. She's like, this was one of your favorite movies as a kid? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like the context, like you're like 12 years old, right, Jared? And yeah. all your yeah. older siblings are at the house. You're, you're 12. You are 12. And you have Showtime. You have access to Showtime. And they only show one movie over and over again. And it's a time to kill. And uh, you're like, I got time to kill. So maybe this movie's for me. And you're 12 and you, you watch this and then you go, oh, dear. Say, oh, dear. Oh, dear. So uh, anyways, still a still a absolute banger. You know what I mean? Makane mm-hmm. is real greasy in this. Real yeah. sweaty. He wears like ripped off sleeve shirts a lot, and it's like that's his wardrobe, isn't it? You know, like that wasn't part of like costumes. That was just what he was wearing that day. He's like, I'm good. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Uh, there's one really weird scene where he's in his like house talking to Ashley Judd, and she's like sitting at the table, and there's a chair beside her. And instead of sitting in the chair beside her, he climbs up a ladder that's like in the room because they're renovating, and he sits on top of the ladder, and they have a conversation like that. And I was like, that that had to have been his choice, right? Like that wasn't that wasn't Joel Schumacher being like, hey, instead of sitting down at the table like a normal person, you should probably climb up this ladder and then talk to your wife like from on top of the ladder. You know, he did that, don't you think? Yes, I sure, I sure think so. It was weird. Anyways, all time banger. Hey, do you know <laughs> do you know about the crawdads and and I, where I, where I, the crawdads I am, sing? I am not. Tell me more about this. I uh, I remember there was like a lot of buzz about this because it was like a book and it was like one of those uh, Gone Girl, Girl in the Window, Girl on the Train, Where the, Where the Crawdads Sing. It was like uh, in that kind of thing. I saw this, this movie was there and I, I saw that like a couple of the actors in it. I was like, oh, those are like decent actors, I think. Like uh, this Daisy Edgar Jones. She was in... Uh, um, under the banner of heaven i was like yeah that was good and people uh people love this book and we threw this on uh <laughs> have you 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 don't know anything about this eh? nothing there is this gal in louisiana and they call her marsh girl because uh she was abandoned by her parents and she grew up in the swamp so she's a swamp creature um this is it, there's no magical stuff in this but she's a swamp girl and um it's all about her learning how to read and then uh and then she gets put on murder trial because like there's this uh this like uh like yacht club dude who drives a riverboat and he's like rich family and he takes an interest in her and then he shows up dead and they're like did marsh girl kill this poor boy because he had money and you're you're watching it and that's like how the lines are written too they're like they're like the marsh girl she's an outcast she'd kill anyone if she had the chance and you're like what it's very uh very bizarre Jarrett. Mm-hmm. very bizarre um very bizarre it was not good no, <laughs> no. <laughs> i know what yeah. you're thinking you're like that's not but wh- good but why why did you watch it <laughs> well because it it kind of fit into the things we've been watching lately like it like i always saw this getting compared to gone girl and i was like well i was like well gone girl is just all right let's Let's check out this new uh, erotic thriller or whatever these movies are called. 
but it's literally just about a swamp girl and she draws pictures of bugs and stuff and she's got no shoes and then they all drive riverboats around and then you're just like all right you're like that's cool mm-hmm. so have i enticed you no not 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 even a little bit but did you see what my review of this film was yeah do I want to sp- spoil it for people? I mean, they could check it out themselves if they, they look on Letterbox and pull up Barnloaf. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They'll, know, they'll, they'll see it for themselves. They'll see it for themselves. Yeah, let's not spoil that. Let's uh, let's let that one simmer. Mm-hmm. I did one... see that you've, you've piqued at least one person's interest. That was uh, one of my most liked reviews in a long time. Yeah, had a lot of a lot of instant <laughs> engagement. It exploded. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good one. The movie, though. Oh, mm-hmm. dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, and, it, like, there's just, like, weird stuff. Like, they're in the bayou, and they're all wearing, like, they're all wearing, like, shorts and sweating a ton, but then, like, some of the characters are wearing toques. And I was like, why are you wearing a toque? It's like, you're hot, obviously. So what's up with the toque, man? I don't know. It was uh, <laughs> bizarre, to say the least. So, anyways. Uh, hey, have you ever heard of The Boy Who Lived? I have heard of it recently. Not from not from uh looking at what I watched, just in general you heard about it? Uh well I just know that it's the it, I don't know. It would probably be a man weepy type of tale, RJ. This is about a the, man the, the stunt the 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 uh the stunt double mm-hmm. for uh Dan Radcliffe who got got crippled. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a man weepy for sure, but this is also uh I don't know if you have the internet and there's this thing that people always say out there is uh dudes rock. Um because dudes support other dudes. This is a this is an incredible uh showcase of male bonding, Jarrett. And it's like it is it is genuinely a man weepy because you're seeing these dudes like take care of each other in, in like a very caring and supportive way and you're just like, Oh my god. <laughs> Like who knew men could be like so uh so tender, um. So it is about well, RJ. You, you have to get out more. Well, I mean, stretch, I, all... stretch your stretch your wings. My example of male role models is Blade. So, um, <laughs> I, this is new yeah. to me. Uh, so I I had heard about this before, and uh, I think I I'm not a Potterhead at the at the moment, but I did read you all were. the books. Yeah. Well, I I think I've maybe mentioned before like. When those books came out, I was always I was the same age as what Harry was supposed to be, so it kind of I don't know it fit. Um, but uh, so this has lots of like behind the scenes about the movies, and that's fine. But what this uh, that's not what the movie is about. It is about the stunt double who is Harry's stunt double, and uh, it shows them like from the first movie. And there's a lot of setup about how this guy was like just this like really energetic like fun loving dude and he could do all these crazy stunts and young daniel radcliffe and all the other kid actors like really looked up to him because he was just he's just like this cool guy um and uh it shows how they were like really good friends because apparently daniel radcliffe was a really uncoordinated kid like they show this thing about him like not being able to hit a baseball kind of and they're like ooh, this they're like this kid has had no childhood so uh part of his like first and second movie things was he had to just go hang out with the stunt double in like the playhouse like two days a week where they were doing like acrobats and like flips and shit just just so he could have like time to be a kid so they were like actual friends and then uh it was in the last movie um they were doing this like uh 
the stunt where you're hooked up to like a harness and that's hooked up to a rope on a trawl or like a a thing that's hooked up to sandbags and when the sandbags fall then it pulls your body back and uh, apparently they they distributed the weight wrong and he get he gets like yanked back really fast and he he snaps his neck like immediately and so he's a uh, paralyzed from the waist down uh and then so a lot of the documentary is about him like right after and this dude's had like 50 surgeries on his like neck and spine and uh it's getting like worse and worse so this happened like 10 15 years ago and now like he's losing the ability to move his arms too and uh this is incredibly sad uh but like he had like two other stunt double buddies and one of them just like became a live-in caregiver for him and so like it was like his friend he's like yeah i don't need to be in the movies anymore he's like i'll just hang out with you man and it shows him he's like helping him bathe and like cleaning him and stuff like that and they're like they're like are you happy doing this he's like yeah of course he's like he's my best bud he's like why wouldn't i want to hang out with him all day and you're just like oh my god Mm -hmm. oh my god um it's it's very good it's it's um it's definitely worth a watch, like, uh, even if you're not into Harry Potter, because it's not really it's not really about that. It's about a stuntman. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, I think you would actually probably even like this just uh, from the, the stuntman documentary side. Like they do show a lot of really cool stuff. And then uh, just seeing this dude's life get kind of torn apart. Um, but he's like a positive guy. So uh, yeah. like they show afterwards, they're like, are you going to do anything? He's like. He's like, do what? He's like, sue the stunt company that I worked for for like 20 years. And he's like, my life was already ruined. He's like, I don't need to ruin somebody else's life. And you're just like, oh, my God. He's a he's a an inspirational guy. You know what I mean? And uh, Daniel Radcliffe shows up a bunch like he's in a lot of the old things. And um, I like uh, I appreciated this. This doc showed him smoking cigs. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a Harry Potter smoke cigs, I was like validation, baby. Yeah, and then you're like, I'm gonna have a smoke right now. I said, excuse me a moment to to, to, to celebrate. I said, excuse me a moment. I uh, I have something I need to do, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it is definitely good. It's it's worth a watch. I don't know if you would ever want to watch this, but I think if you did, you would kind of be like, yeah, that's good. You're like a sad story, sad story. So, are you going to watch this with Kim anytime soon? I don't know. <laughs> right, right now, we, we have another uh, viewing project that we started. Oh. I... But we'll see. But sometimes it's like those drop off. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not every not everything can be, uh, you know, uh, Berlin Alexander Platz, where you have to see things through to their conclusion. To completion? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I agree. Uh, and then uh, I watched one other thing called Boston Strangler that came out last year. Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard I, of the Boston Strangler? I, I have heard of the Boston Strangler. Yeah. So this is a uh, Kira Knightley and Carrie Coon, and uh, it's about the female reporters that um, like kind of for, like scooped the story at first. Uh, I've heard of the Boston Strangler, but this thing has kind of a very uh different take on it about how um these female like uh these lady reporters they kind of scooped the story and then what they kind of discovered was the guy that they arrested 
as the Boston Strangler, a lot of his stuff didn't line up, and it seemed more and more like he had like coerced co- uh, confessions. And then there was like three other dudes in different towns that were all like prime suspects. And uh, the takeaway from this one is like there was some kind of strangler, but then all these real horrible men just kind of took advantage of this and used it as an opportunity to kill a lady in their life that they wanted to be dead. And then they got away with it because the one dude who uh, confessed then gets killed in prison and then he could never, you know, clear things up. So have you ever heard of that take on the Boston Strangler? No. I just mostly remember the, uh, well, I know bits and pieces of it off the top of my, yeah. off the top of my head, maybe, but there's a Richard Fleischer movie with Tony Curtis as, I as saw. the Boston Strangler. That and, looks cool. uh, uh, Richard Fleischer, director of Soylent Green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Conan yeah. the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually, and a very good movie called What Half, uh, uh, Ten Rillington Place. Haven't seen that one, but I saw that he made one. I was like, that looks good. So, like, it is. A... And. And I think, I mean, I do believe you've seen Mr. Majestic. Oh, right? yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know about watermelon farming? I do. You know, you know about what, Charles Bronson? What were we watching recently that had a Mr. Majestic poster? Oh, uh, yeah. Do you, was that something you watched also? There was a Mr. Majestic poster. I was like, hey, Mr. Majestic. Maybe it was that Canadian movie that I like movies or something. I can't remember. Uh, anyways, it did. They do make a compelling story because it was like, the uh, profile of the killer didn't really fit. Like it was originally, it was like three senior, three or four senior citizen ladies, uh, and there was like a certain like thing that he did after the crimes and stuff like that. And then it changed to like younger women, and then it changed to like like there wasn't really um kind of a set pattern to it. And there was like random things that happened, and then like there's all these like different police things. They're like we they're like we found this guy, and everything places him there at this thing, but. That other guy confessed to it, so I guess that's what it is. And then you're like, no. Oh, I didn't know that, uh, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, who's, who's, who's to say, Jarrett? Who's to say? Kind of point of that one was men are bad, you know? Men are bad. Well, unless you watch The Boy Who Lived, and then you go, hey, men are good. <laughs> People might be all right. People might be all right. And then I got a Final Fantasy update for you. Okay, hit me, hit me with the Final Fantasy VII Remake update. I am 20 hours in. But I am only, Jarrett, I am only two-thirds through the game. It says I'm at like 66% of the game or something. That's, that's not very impressive. Of the main storyline. Well, it's supposed to be 33 hours or something. Yeah, you're, you're right on track then. Yeah, I'm at 20 hours, uh, and uh, it's kind of like um, Death Stranding. Man, this game really gets cooking after about 20 hours. Uh-huh. I'm actually at a point now where I, I know how the mechanics work, and yeah. the story is actually kind of getting interesting, so I'm kind of like, all right, okay. I'm starting right. I'm starting to see things. I, I think this best game of all time stuff is all is still way out to lunch but uh mm-hmm. as i pointed out last week this is only like the first 10 percent of the actual real game so uh i don't know this is all prequel stuff basically but i'm starting to get a hang of the mechanics you watch some of this new age final fantasy stuff like a week or two ago hey and it is like it's hard to get used to i think at mm. first because yep. you have to play a character and you have to dictate other characters at the same time and yeah. it is uh it's kind of challenging mm. 
I, I didn't hear anyone say anything about it online, so I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe no one's played uh, these New Age Final Fantasy games or or something like that. But uh, maybe. Um, okay, so like, do you? I, I think I asked you last week, but do you know like the story and the characters of Final Fantasy Seven? Uh, yeah, I mean, very, very barely. I mean, the difference between characters from seven, eight, and nine—no clue. I know there's Cloud. You know, there's Cloud. <laughs> Tifa and Tifa. Yeah, and all the horny dudes are horny for both of them. I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm 20 hours into this game, right? And uh, there, there's like, well, because there's two, there's two uh, female characters. There, there's Aerith as well, and she, okay. she's like the mage. She's like the healer. Okay. So the main characters that I am assuming get carried over is Cloud, Tifa. Aerith, and then the really big dude Barrett. He's like a dude. Barrett. Yeah, because yeah. Barrett gets introduced like fairly early on. Uh, yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember Barrett's name. So uh, Barrett. in this one, it's like <laughs> Cloud getting introduced to all of them. So it's Tifa, Barrett, and then uh, there's three other characters that are with them. There's a girl, mm-hmm. a guy, like Jesse Biggs or whatever, and then this like fat dude named Wedge, and uh, he is voiced by Badger from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Do you remember Badger? Oh, who could forget Badger? Because I heard his voice and I was like, wait a minute. Oh my God. I was like, is that Badger? And I looked it up and it was. And I was like, oh my God. Sure is GS. So uh, there was. However it is. Yeah. Damaged voice vocal cords. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. You can't imitate his voice. It's so strange. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's those characters. And then you get introduced to Aerith later on. Uh, and she's like the mage and stuff. And you get introduced to lots of the bad guys, whatever. But um, so I I only know Cloud just because he's in lots of other things. And I know Seth Roth uh, because um, Ham Meat, my buddy, when we were teenagers, his email was Sephiroth at hot, uh, like Sephiroth20 at hotmail.com or something. Wow, he, he, he got 20. Damn. It, was, it was something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he also spelt Sephiroth wrong. So I, I think it was Seth Roth. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, that's why maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of probably Seth, Seth, yeah. uh, Seth I Roth, Seth I Roth. It was something like that, but uh, so I always knew Seth Roth and uh, Cloud. But um, because this is all I've ever known about Final Fantasy, okay, is just these two characters. Cloud has a big sword. Sephiroth has an angel wing, and they live in this steampunk kind of world. Is what I knew about it. All right. Yep. Uh, and yeah. like I know Final Fantasy two and three and like the the mechs and stuff, but uh, that's all I knew. I didn't know anything else. And uh, I'm about twenty hours in this game, and so far all we've had is like uh, uh, just like people interactions. So you hang out in the slums a lot. You blow up a couple of the the reactors of the bad guys. Uh, there's one detour where you go to like the brothel town. <laughs> So it's just mm-hmm. like it's like they're they're Vegas where anything goes. So there's like massage parlors everywhere and like drag clubs and like dance clubs and all this weird and like there's this guy there who's like a king and he's like a sex pest and you're just like all right you're like they always are you're like interesting story and I, I did post a video of um they have to put Cloud in drag so he can get into the sex pests uh like kingdom. And uh, I, I don't know if you watched that video. I, I, I did. I did. Uh, the uh, the cinematics involved mm. in that, Jarrett. Um, but I, I found it uh, very comical in, in, like, how much they were just... They were putting into this weird story. I was like, I feel like this story isn't going to go anywhere. 
other than it's like this dude who's like a gross sex criminal and then that and then that's all it was he was a gross sex criminal so i don't know if he comes back but uh anyways that's what this game's been so far you're like you're a eco-terrorist group basically and you're targeting targeting the big corporation bad guys who are draining the life out of the earth that's what i know and uh i got to this point at about 20 hours this is what i played last night and uh they're the eco-terrorist guys are trying to save their slums and the the big bad guys are like, no, no, we let you blow up all those things because we're going to blame a bunch of other stuff on you now. We're going to blow up your slum. And they're like, oh, no, that's bad. So they go and they try to stop it. But uh, the big evil corporation does blow it up. And then you get this huge cinematic, Jarrett. And uh, I, I just need to explain this because when I watched this, I was like, like, I felt like genuine shock. I was like, what is going on? Because <laughs> um, uh, they the the big company blows something up and so it's barrett and he hooks up to a zip line and tifa and cloud are on his like arms because barrett's an incredible huge dude and they're zip lining down and then there's this like mass destruction and it shows like uh buildings falling on people like killing kids and stuff and you're just like oh my god and then it shows uh badger and uh badger's thing is that he loves cats and he's on the ground level and he's holding all of his cats and it shows like a building fall on him and i was like oh my god i was like this is i was like this is so like uh dark i was like you just showed like a dude with like 30 cats getting like crushed to death i was like i was like why would they show that and then it cut to this humanoid cat character which i have never seen before and there has been (laughs) no like animal hybrid characters in this game for 20 hours i've only ever seen humans there has been no indication that there are these like mystical animal creatures of any kind but it so it shows the dude with his cats get killed and then it cuts to this humanoid cat wizard thing and he like looks at the destruction and he sees the cats die and he just raises his fists in like (laughs) anger and sadness Mm -hmm. and then it cut back to like barrett and cloud and i was like what i was like who was that guy Uh, (laughs) like i i've i don't know this franchise and i was like there's cat people and like is he the god of cats and he just watched like 10 cats be mm-hmm. killed and he was just like he he like felt like pain like i don't know jared do you know about this cat man i know nothing of this cat man is nothing. that a final fantasy thing that there's like animal humanoid characters uh, it's always possible there's all kinds of things in square enix games and they just go like oh we want one of those well, you like you like fight like monsters, but the monsters are like frogs and pigs and shit, or like ghosts sometimes. But... Yeah, this Catman is too far. Well, it's just it was just the way it played out. Like you were watching like children die, and then you watch a man badger and like his ten cats die, and then the um, like badger. like the emergence of this cat hum like human god thing pops out, and you see the sadness in his eyes, and you're just like. You're like, uh, what? I I was um, I was dumbfounded, Jarrett. I don't know any other word for it. I was uh, I was oh. utterly flabbergasted. I was uh, I I had to stop playing. Mm-hmm. When well, the cutscene okay, I mean, was done, I just stopped. It's imagine to... you're you're only two thirds of the way through. Why? Well, well, I know. What what, what what could the last third of heaven store? I don't know, Jarrett, and I also don't know. Like, 
as I said, this is only the first like hour of the actual real game. So like, what what else is gonna happen? So, anyways, I had to I had to describe that scene. Uh, well, I mean, some things that could happen is cats could be walking on ledges. Uh, what kind of cat? I don't know. Spooky uh, ones. Hazel ones. Yeah, that's a hazel cat. She's checking no. out things. Where's she going? No. Oh, she's going. Is she going to Bane? <laughs> she might uh, be going to Bane. She, she might know better than to mess with Bane. Well, Bane is uh, he is darkness incarnate. Oh, he is. Yes, yeah, he. Nope. Want nothing yeah. to do with Bane. Yeah, she might. Wise uh, decision. She might go under those bed covers. I think might be her yeah. play here. It's a classic Hazel move. Uh, classic Hazel. You know what I mean. So, anyways, no. that's what I've been doing. Um, I got really thrown off by this cat character. No. Nope. Uh, so, gonna keep that going, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyways, uh, what about you? What have you been watching? Uh, well, most of my watching's been relegated to uh, the world of Trekdom. Yeah, yeah. Where could someone more. listen to something like that? If only someone could listen to those things. I mean, first they'd have to join us on Patreon. What's and uh, it's a website. Okay, you can, cool. You can give you can give people money, yep. and when you do that, it would gain you access to our exclusive episodes as well as our discords. Uh, what's discords, RJ? Uh, what's Discord? I don't know. Um, it's been pointed out to me that I don't know if Discord counts as social media. Uh, no, necessarily. I don't know. I don't know what it is then. So I've been lying, maybe. But well, no. You've always I, said the fastest social. The fastest, fastest growing, growing social, social platform. media platform. Oh, you yeah. said social media. Yeah, I think wow. So. You yeah, might have just wow. ended this podcast, pal. Maybe, maybe the lawsuits are coming in. Yeah. This admission. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could be on that and sure. listen listen to Jared and RJ talk about Star Trek. We love Which... it so much. We love Star Trek, and you will too, I bet, after you hear us talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't bother going back to the old episodes of Star Trek when we're talking about TNG or DS Nine or Enterprise. You know, don't listen, don't bother listening to those. Just jump in in the new stuff. Listen to us stick, talk about yeah. season two of Picard. Stick to the modern classics like Discovery. And then Discovery, yeah, all time classics. All time, yeah. all time. And uh, speaking of which, mm-hmm. I, I suppose. Uh, we could have an interlude here uh, sure. where we could continue our discussion of Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2. Bom, bom, bom. RJ, it feels like we were transported to a strange new world. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday. Oh, wow. Whoa. Monday? What happened? Remember recording on Wednesday last week? No. Oh. Never well, heard of it. Oh, never mind. It's still Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's still. Hey, Jared, in my mind, every day is Wednesday. Remember when the weather plummeted like 20, 30 degrees? Um. Do I remember that? Yeah, remember when that happened? Uh, not particularly. Huh. Was that a big thing? 
Oh, you mean the weather. The weather. Remember when the power almost went out? That yes, was I, I do remember that. That was horrifying for everybody. <laughs> for everybody. Yeah, we got to... Uh, what was the lowest that you saw? Because I know that a lot of people... With windchill. With windchill, minus 53. Yeah, that's pretty bad, eh? It's a bit rough. Pretty, pretty bad. And uh, were you outside, uh, like, a lot or at any time? Well, maybe not a lot, but were you outside morning, at any time? There was one morning, uh, I think maybe it was uh, after we recorded. Yeah. Uh, I went to just, I had to brush off the car. My hands hurt so much. I didn't, I didn't have my gloves on. and Because I was just like, ah, oh, this won't be so bad. And it's like, oh, fuck. Like it's like ow. Do you know it only takes twenty seconds for frostbite to set in for life? For life? Yeah, and you're dead. And you're done. You're you're like your soul's dead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you well, might not have heard it. I, I, do I, I dodged a bullet then. Mm hmm. I think you did, dude. Um. No, yeah. So like my uh. Yeah, uh, my car didn't start one day, and I was just like, "Son of a bitch." I um, I do yeah I was I lucked out on that front. Well, what it was was I got to work on Thursday, and I didn't go out and start my my truck at any point during the turn day. it over. Yeah, I which I I know I know better now, uh, but it didn't start, and then so all weekend, uh, periodically, because you're not supposed to leave your car plugged in forever either. So I'd leave it plugged in overnight. In the morning, I'd unplug it. I'd run it for ten minutes, let it sit for four or five hours, and I'd go out there and I'd run it for ten minutes. So I was outside a bit. <laughs> A bit, Jared. It's a fucking bit. cold. It's so cold. What are we doing out here in the Arctic, man? Ooh. Yeah, I see all these American people uh, complaining in Fahrenheit, and it's like, get the fuck out of here with that Fahrenheit. Yeah, I mean, it's all relative sometimes when you got. Well, this, I think uh, where does it equal oh. out? Negative thirty-two. That yeah. no, wait, that can't be because we were I don't know at, we were minus forty-ish. Let's see. What is what does the Google machine say? There uh, is there here. is a temperature where it's actually even. Where Fahrenheit and South see minus forty. Ah, so we were we were we were right there where where it meets. Well, well, those fuckers in the states I saw they were complaining about minus five or something. It's like you still had thirty five Fahrenheit to drop, friend, to get to where we were. <laughs> Not that it's a contest, but holy fuck, it was cold. It's you a contest, I mean? all right. It's a contest. Uh, right. Okay, so minus five Fahrenheit is minus twenty Celsius. Very weird. Uh, yes. That's quite cold. Minus twenty's gone warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Double that, and somehow you get down to minus forty, and they meet. Yeah. Fahrenheit sounds dumb. Fahrenheit is dumb. That's what I'm saying. Fahrenheit is incredibly dumb. Get out of here, Fahrenheit. We should all go back to Calvin. Ooh. Do you know about Calvin measurements, Jarrett? Well, you know, Ray Bradbury's an asshole. Really? Yeah. What did he why do to you? Why, why, why didn't he call it something else? What, Calvin? His book, Fahrenheit 451. Oh, what if it was called Calvin 720? Do you think that'd that be, would still... That'd be, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think we should go back to Calvin as a metric. So 451. How about 232 Celsius? 
Would that be a good book title? Uh, I think that'd be incredible, Jared. I, th- I think that'd be incredible. No. Yeah, that actually would be cool. I'm... A, I feel like uh, we're a couple of corny dudes here. Well, you know what? Still people, corny. People have been waiting for this episode for a long, long time. So we got to yeah, give them what they... Uh, give them what they want, what they demand. Give them what they want. Yeah. RJ, has there been any cool news since we uh, last spoke? Apparently we there's a the time Picard, Picard movie in development. A Picard movie? A I thought Picard it was a... Uh, I thought I saw something about there being a new Trek movie set decades before the era of Kirk and Spock. That's also been announced? You know, you know what? You know how many Star Trek movies have uh, been announced in the last year? Uh, and this isn't to mention shows, and there is some crossover, but here are the Star Trek movies I've heard announced in the last year. Picard, something before Trek. They're talking about Star, Tre- Star Trek 4 again. And then a, St- a Section 31 movie to go before the Section 31 series that they want to do. Ooh. And then there was the Quentin Tarantino one about the gangster planet that never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I'll, I'll believe it when I seize it. You know what I mean, Jarrett? You know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what were we talking about? I don't know. Any other news that's not Trek related? Uh, let's go to the Discord. People know that it's the uh, fastest growing media platform. I didn't say social, I just said media. Um, and uh, you can get on there for as low as $1, as high as many dollars. Uh, David Gordon Green has been exercised from the Exorcist trilogy, said one very quippy writer. Um, five songs you didn't know actor Jeremy Renner wrote. Jodie Foster, Gen Z, can be really annoying. <clears throat> uh, something about a Peloton with Chris Nolan. The Safdie brothers have disbanded. God, no. Uh, oh, and Prisoners came up on my feed after we talked about it. So that's interesting, too. Yeah, you've been hacked. Yeah, what else we got? Uh, um, Sam Sanchez is alive. Good. Uh, he uh, reported in, so he is alive. He just doesn't want anything to do with us, which is pretty reasonable. Um, uh, something about sexy stuff. Oh, always, always on the Discord. What's that? Fastest growing social media platform in the world today. I think we said that last week too. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we're all caught up. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you you ready to talk about Miss Julie? I want to talk about uh, Miss uh, Julie. Gosh darn it, Miss Julie! I I like you. This one take place in the southern pasture. Uh, no, uh, it takes place in Sweden. I'm a I'm a Swede. Oh well, you're swell. Some have said. Oh dang, dang! That's the last thing you've ever said to me, Mister Strindberg. Huh? After the break. Being alone at night makes me sad, girl. Yet brings me down, alright. Tossing and turning and freezing. 
finally back. This is the Criterion Cruise Podcast. And tonight we're talking about Miss Julie from 1951, directed by Alf Schulberg. RJ. Alf Schulberg? I know you've been waiting for days to talk about this. Days. The Alf Schulberg. Based on the play by August Strindberg, Miss Julie vividly depicts the battle of the sexes and classes that ensues when Julie, a wealthy businessman's daughter, falls for Jean, her father's bitter servant. I, I feel like a bitter servant, RJ. Oh, what do you mean by that? What do they know. mean by based? Like it's not based? He's based? It's based? Well, I gotta say, RJ, this movie, Miss Julie, is anything but based. Jesus H. Christ. So are you saying it's cringe? Uh, it's, it's Julie. Miss Julie? It's Strindberg. So what do you know about August Strindberg, RJ? Uh, um, what's, what, what don't I know? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. He was a playwright, RJ. Uh, what, what else did he do? You should look him up. Look at his crazy hair. He's crazy. Okay, wait. What was his name? He's got an ex- Str- Strindberg. August Hockey Farts Strindberg. August String. Oh. Oh, indeed. Some have said that. Uh, and he has an exciting new look. Like, I like his little uh, hanker tie. He kind of looks. He looks like a Mark Twain type type dude. Hey, did you give us a? It's it's Monday, my dudes. Uh, I did not do that. Would you like me to? Yeah, you should use August Strindberg. I should use August, eh? Man, look at him uh, at 25. What an essential man he was. I feel to the, like... To the bone. I feel like if I search this dude anymore, um, I'm going to get some very strange suggested ads. Uh, you know, I just want to note that uh, you know who uh, cited Strindberg as an influence? Two Hans people Zimmer? in particular. Ingmar Bergman. Well, yeah. And Maxim Gorky. The Gorkheads, hey? Yeah. The Gorkheads. I like this picture of him with his hand in his, his uh, <laughs> uh, like his coat. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? You hear about this? Uh, Apparently I'm just, he liked I'm to. Fresh to me. He liked to put his hand in his coat. You see this? You hear about this? You see it? You see this? Anyways, what were we talking about here? The Gorkheads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Gorkheads. Mm. Mm. So we're doing good on this episode. We're doing great. So what's this What's this Miss Julie about? Well, it's a play written some time ago. One of the things that they always note when they talk about this play, uh, it's naturalistic. You know what naturalism is in the context of theater, RJ? Never heard of that. What does that mean? Well, let's look at what Wikipedia says. My favorite source of all. Naturalism. Strindberg wrote this play with the intention of abiding by the theories of naturalism, both his own version and also the version described by the French novelist and literary theoretician Emile Zola. Remember Emile Zola? Uh, I know Armin Zola. Is that the same? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Zola's term for naturalism is la nouvelle formule, 
the three primary principles of naturalism, fair vrai, fair grand, and fair simple, or fair vrai. The play should be realistic and the result of a careful study of human behavior and psychology. The characters should be flesh and blood. Their motivations and actions should be grounded in their heredity and environment. The presentation of the play in terms of the setting and performances should be realistic and not flamboyant or theatrical. The single setting of Miss Julie, for example, is a kitchen. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's not the single setting. There's more than one setting. Yeah, but like... in the movie, yes. Because yeah. in the play, I guess it's oh, the Oh, in the play. In the play's oh. the thing. <laughs> Fergrand, the conflicts in the play should be issues of meaningful, life-altering significance, not small or petty. Mm. Fair, simple. The play should be simple, not cluttered with complicated subplots or lengthy expositions. Well, you can't have that. Stringberg believed that. that French playwrights had been unable to achieve naturalism in their writings, and he felt that he could. Miss Julie is not only successful as a naturalistic drama, but it is a play that has achieved the rare distinction of being performed on stages all over the world every year since it was written in 1888. Every year? Every year there's been a someone performing Miss Julie. There's like multiple movies. Like, like even this year? Like in yeah. the last year somebody's done Miss Julie? Probably. This goes up to 2021. I mean, and that was like 20. Yeah, 2020, they took the year off. I mean, I feel like Sister Act is a lot more influential movie than this. But uh, but is it a play? There's an episode of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that's uh, about Miss, a performance of Miss Julie. Is there now? No. Uh, Liv Allman. that show. Liv Allman, uh, the collaborator of Bergman, uh, she made a, uh adaptation of Miss Julie in 2014. Hmm. By gum, by by gumjin. Do you mean by, by gumjin? By gumbo. Mm. What's so, your opinion on gumbo? Uh, I could take it or leave it. Yeah, I agree. I made it once, and I was like, I'm gonna love this. And after yeah. like a day, I was kind of like, I was like, this stuff's it's, it's a little for, thick. It's one of the first things I think about when I was uh, watching this. I'm like, where's the gumbo? Where, where, where's the where's the? This is all feels like a bunch of shrimp. Yeah, I felt Julie. like there, there wasn't enough stink in this movie. These uh, these no. characters clearly stunk, and they didn't really emphasize that. It's true. It's true. Like, um, yeah. So this movie opens up with a it's a barn dance going barn down. It's a, a, hoot, a hoot nanny. Ho down. Uh, it's it's Midsummer's Eve, and yeah. uh, everyone's invited. All the plain folk, the the, the average citizen, uh, they're all yeah. hanging out dancing. And uh, there's this Jean guy. He's got he's got a pretty nice head of hair. He'd be a good Doctor Octopus, probably back in 1951. Otto, uh, yeah, Otto, Oct- Octa- Octavius. Get, 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 strap on the the arms onto him. I, I thought he'd be a good Sandman. He'd be like, oh Peter, it's me, Flint Marco, <laughs> the Sandman, Flint Marco. Yeah. And you go, oh cool, no oh, sick, <laughs> cool, cool. No. So, uh, this Miss Julie lady, she keeps like looking through the curtains, peeping. She's a sick old rich lady. She's not that old. She's quite young, uh, but she's horned up. And, Can you describe uh, what that looks like? 
she she wants to be satisfied and uh you've got can a, you describe she, what that feels like she, what that feel like it's just like uh it's unquenchable it's just a desire in your okay. in, in your pants and um okay. she's uh she wants this Jean guy she wants this servant and you're like what the fuck why and she like makes a move on him at the barn dance and he's like whoa get the fuck out of here he shuts it down and then he goes back to the the kitchen uh, to start like dunking on her with one of the other servants, saying, oh, "Man, what a horny lady she is!" And she's of course overhearing it because she followed, and she's like, "I, I, well, I never, ah, in all my days, something like that." Mm-hmm. So you find out that she, her and her fiance, uh, they were out for a ride. She started beating a dog, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And then he, she started like beating him, and he's mm-hmm. like, and he's like playing along with it, and then he's like, "Fuck this," and he takes off, and now she's sad. Mm. And I go, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> what do you think the the intent was with that? I don't know, but there's a lot of like, this is a horny uh, film, but in the most horny boring, film. it's very horny, but it's also very boring. Mm. Um, I, I made a note here grabbing a handful because I think it's a Jean comes up behind one of the other helpers uh, and he just like uh, clamps onto both breasts of this woman and he's, she's like oh stop what is this an Italian movie uh, yeah I mean but, but Swedish style well you've heard of divorce Italian style but what about a handful Swedish style and you go, oh dear. So what pre- what proceeds to happen for the next like hour and a half? Hour and some. Yeah, uh, is this back and forth between Jean the servant and Ms. Julie, and they're like, why why do you want me? I don't want you. Yes, you do. I don't want you now, but I do, and it's that crap. I, I don't want you. Yes, you do. I don't want you. Yes, you do. Now I want you. Now I don't want you. Me mo my mo me. Uh, but so you're like what is up with this horn dog dude who is also trying to be proper i don't get Mm. it we get a flashback scene um when he was a kid he got like beaten down by his dad uh, in front of everybody in this yeah ridiculous chase scene it's like grow up Uh, like we're like these people just appear wherever they need to be it's like okay i get it it's a it's like a dream sequence he like um, almost drowns and then his dad beats him up and it's like yeah for being it. for being accused of being a thief yeah um, get over it because the rich can't be with the poor's some say that the poor should simply eat the rich yes yeah, so some 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 say that the rich will just eat the, the poor well, when they're hungry when they when they get hungry enough just somebody eat somebody else already let's just put an for, end to this for, for Christ's sake i don't care for, who's eating who just do it no. And then we have flashback with uh, Ms. Julie and her dad, who's like the doting father, he's super rich, and his her mom or stepmom. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She she's a bag. the The place burnt. The old mansion burns down. They're not as we're not as rich as you think we are. That kind of thing. 
We only have six horses. Other families have seven he, horses. He had to take out a loan, okay, against his wealth, and now he's like really indebted, okay. Like, but I still live in a mansion of servants. Listen, you don't understand. My dad always wanted a daughter or a son, and I'm a I was a daughter, so it really like affected him emotionally. That's right, and, and, and he looks longingly and has his house burns down, and everyone's trying to save all the paintings. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, again, th this back and forth continues on between the two of them, the bow, the, oh, we want each other. It's like, what is this? It's real Spock and Chapel action, but, oh, but, but not. You got to tune into those uh, Patreon episodes so you know what we're talking about, folks. Oh, and yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah this, this Miss Julie business, RJ, I got to tell you, I, 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 I You're hate in this. the business? I, I hate this. I hate oh, this good. a lot. This is some real bougie shit. Uh, this oh, is what uh, far too well off of people do, and then they go, "Wow, I'm I'm contributing. Ah, I'm part of the critique of of, of class. I'm doing um, my part." Also, like not presenting things naturalistic at all about how people behave because it's theater. Yeah. People are going to going in for the drama. I don't know yeah. who's gonna watch. Like, is this a call to action? <laughs> no. Mm. Miss Julie a, winds up getting back together gal. with her uh, her fiance. Does she? Yeah. Yeah. Well, who dies? Yeah. But then, uh, but then she finds out Julie's killed herself with a razor. Yeah. Yeah. Womp womp. That's good. Because really... you know, you remember, like in uh, Berlin Alexander Platz, of course, uh, yeah, with the bird with the bird with the bird cage. Oh yeah. And, and when forget? she's and when she's and when she's looking out in the opening credit scene, uh, she's looking. And uh, there's a birdcage there. And you're like, yeah, she's like, a, she's being kept as well. It's just like Berlin Alexander yeah. Platz. Do you know, have you ever, uh, you ever seen a metaphor? Do you know what that means? No. So it's like when you do a thing that's like uh, actually another thing, but it, uh, like only really smart people. Um, only, only the smart understand. <clears throat> yeah. Do you, do Life's you know hard. I mean? Yeah, yeah her, especially when you're a metaphor. Yeah, so her yeah, her mom was a commoner, and then she had she got married to the count, had had the the kid. Um. Yeah, and then the countess set the place on fire. Count tried mm -hmm. to kill himself. A lot, a lot of a lot of uh, suicide in this, which should be Is like should be it should be cooler. Yeah, it should Fra be frank, cooler. frankly. It's like if Star Trek were to do like uh, that kind of topic, like um, it would be cool, you know. Mm -hmm. It'd be like a dude who's like, "I'm gonna turn myself into a lizard," and then everyone would go, "No, don't!" And he's like, "I'm doing it." I no, don't, don't do like, that. No, stop! Don't, don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. You you want to uh, hear what uh, some critics have said about this? I mean, yeah, you can. Like okay. people, I'm sure people eat this. People thing said up. things. So this is wonderful. In 1987, the New York Times critic Walter Goodman criticized the film, writing, "Bjork seems bewildered by the constant shifts of emotional response required of her." That's the lead Bjork? actress. Like yeah. the Bjork. The Bjork. The Guardian's Philip French recalled Bjork in 2000 as an unforgettable Julie. In 2008, mm. Entertainment Weekly's Tim Pertell called it 
startling. Incited uh, uh, Bjork for a feverish performance. I've been there. Reviewing the Criterion Collection DVD, Stuart Henderson cited for exciting liberties taken with the classic play, creating a deeply compelling film. I've been there too. Uh, Leonard Malton gave it three stars, commending it as supoibly acted and photographed. Supoib? Like Boimler? <laughs> Boib. Ensign Boimbola. Cadet mm. Boimbola. That guy? Yeah. Among others. But, yeah, man. Miss Julie. Big fan, eh? No. Oh. No. Big, big fan? Biggest fan. Ooh. Nice. No. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't care about any of this. Rich, sad lady, and mm-hmm. like asshole servant, and there's this mm-hmm. like theatrical back and forth of two people you don't care about doing things for the entire time, and they tell their sad story that you don't care about either. Mm-hmm. And then and you're supposed to care when she kills herself at the end. And I oh, don't. Oh, you d- you didn't have a big emotional response to that? No, no. Do, do you not? Kind of like. Really care personally about fascinating. Well, because I when I watch this, I'm like, I don't know if it's uh because of the film or if this this the the nature of writing this sort of thing in the 19th century. But you know, Strindberg is a uh, let's see here. He he embraced the views that politics was the art of the upper class to keep the lower class under itself. Uh, wrote works. He was he was very critical of things like royalty and organized religion. He was an outspoken socialist. Um, mm, who isn't nowadays? Who is, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Un, his his socialism was undogmatic and rooted in a ruthless critique of state, church, school, press, and economy. I prefer I would, dogmatic. I would I would I would love any of that to come through in uh, this work. No, nah, you're not going to get something like that here. No, 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 no. Let me tell Agre- you, friend. I, I'm, I'm reading here about uh, he, he espousing an older type of agrarian radicalism accompanied by spiritual and even mystical ideas. The agrarian? Uh, but to one Martin uh, Kylehammer, the young Strindberg was a reactionary radical whose writing was populist and democratic, but who persisted in an antiquated romanticizing of agrarian life. There's the rub. <laughs> there, there's a guy. There it is. I am. Um, I'm big into that. <laughs> Strindberg later became disenchanted with what he viewed as an unnatural equation of the sexes. In times of personal conflict and marital trouble, which was much of the time, he could lash out with crudely misogynistic statements. Wow. How crude. I don't know. No, no example given. But, uh... Oh, wait. <laughs> Uh, and Strindberg famously sought to insert a warning to lawmakers against granting citizens' rights to half apes, lower beings, excuse me, thick children who are sick and crazed thirteen times a year during their periods, completely insane while pregnant, and irresponsible throughout the rest of their lives. Excuse me. That's a that's a slow clap there for uh, our boy August Strindberg. Oh, oh Strindberg's that was an Ebert Str- quote. <laughs> ah, 
Strindberg's misogyny was at odds with the younger generation of social activists and has drawn attention in contemporary. And in, in, there's no citation for this. Strindberg scholarship. So was Strindberg's anti-Jewish rhetoric. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, although yeah. particularly targeting Jewish enemies of his in Swedish cultural life, he also attacked Jews and Judaism as such. Good. The anti-Semitic outbursts were particularly pronounced in the early 1880s when Strindberg dedicated an entire chapter called Moses in a work of social and political satire. Okay. All right. Um, ah, a self-declared atheist in his younger years, Strindberg would also re-embrace Christianity without necessarily making his peace with the church. Um, he was influenced by anarchism, Rousseau, Schopenhauer, uh, Nietzsche in the years after the crisis. The Nietzsche? He was influenced by Swedenborg, Goethe, Shakespeare, oh, and Beethoven. Ah, the... Goethe? Goethe. Goethe, yeah. Goethe. Yeah, that's uh, Goethe. Yeah, I know about Goethe. <laughs> His former ally, this is, this is way more interesting. The, the uh, Wikipedia entry of August Strindberg is far more fascinating than the Miss Julie movie. Mm-hmm. His former ally and friend, Social Democrat leader Halmar Branting, now dismissed mm-hmm. the author as a disaster who had betrayed his past ideals for a reactionary mystical elitism. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, boy. He wrote a book uh, called Inferno or something. I've been there. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've if I been there. That's for true. Movies. Yeah, yeah. So he, he turned on that. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. But you know what? The signs are all there. You go back and you look at this work, and this is like some very uh, extremely unradical stuff uh, yeah. in hindsight. Maybe in 1888, people were like, "Holy shit! I can't believe he's he's going there." But now it's just like this. Just seems like done to death. Like these depictions. Uh, like we've seen these movies before, uh, Criterion ch- Collection. You love, they love these things. They love these movies. They like the way mm-hmm. things are, because um, these are probably the people who are like loving these movies too. Yeah, the real Duncans of the world, eh? Yeah, bad dudes. Bad, bad dudes. Ah, uh, yeah. So RJ, not a fan. How about you? What do you think of uh, Ms. Julie? Ms. Julie, more like more Julie. Whoa. Could have used more of this movie. Man. Holy. Man. I love that part in the movie where the thing happened. Uh, I got to ask you, what speed did you watch this film at? 2X. (laughs) Me too. I was at 1.5 for about 20 minutes, maybe. And I went... We got to hurry this up a little bit here. Let's, let's turn this to a 45-minute affair. Yeah. Won't miss a thing. And I was watching, and then, uh, like, one night, Andrew's like, oh, you can throw in your Criterion. And she's like, I don't care. I'm not really watching. I was like, nah. <laughs> nah, you don't want to be a part of this one, babe. I was like, listen, I'll tell you. If, I was like, if I thought you would, like, wouldn't mind it on, I'd turn it on. But I was like, you don't need this in your life. You don't need Miss Julie in your life and then the next day she watched like five minutes of of it and she's like all right see you later and the next day she's like let me guess is this how this movie ended and i was like that's not a bad guess i was like actually she was like she just wanted to die a bunch and i was like and she's like oh okay and i was like yeah her dad wanted a boy 
and dressed her like a boy. So she was really upset about it. And uh, Andy was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's it? And I went, yeah. 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 It was like, that's it, baby. And, um, and she, yeah, and she beat, very, like... and she beat a dog, which I know you don't, uh, you yes, note that in yeah. your uh, tags. I may have, that may, I, I'm not even kidding. That may have been at the time when I was changing it, the speed of it. So I had like the things brought up <laughs> and like, I may have, I may have missed that, but I will, I will update uh, that now. Okay. I'm not even kidding. Like I, I didn't even realize there was dog violence in it until you brought it up later when I was just like, Oh, yeah, really? one dog, one dog sniffing like, the other oh, yeah. dog's butt. They're sniffing their butt or others, other being bits. And yeah. uh, who has? And she's like, that? "Hey, you're not listening to me. I better beat you now, because I'm a endearing character of class." Endearing. This is like, this is the most like main character energy where she's like, you know, those <laughs> people who always like just like do too much. Where you're just like, "Hey, relax." everything's fine people are okay to be around you and it's like no look at me and you're just like fucking relax it's like just stop just stop man but uh, it's just like such a crate uh, like a craving for attention that you're just like oh my god like they show that scene with the her would-be husband where she's like hitting hitting him with like the horse whip and uh yeah, that's that, that's um, like that she she's beaten up the dog right before that yeah right before and then that dude just like i'm not playing this game and he leaves and she's like she's like nobody wants to play with me and he's just like well you're being shitty it's like stop hitting people just be a normal fucking person like you know just talk to that dude just be like yo <laughs> you like pizza uh but pizza is never mentioned in this fucking shit ass oh, movie well this it's swedish rj we also for there's also um ridiculous character character archetypes where it's like lady who can't help but sleep too much where it's like you might wake her but there's like a party and like gunshots and she's like like, so he's like shut up i'm with the dude where the whole time he's like "Eh." he's like i don't know if you should be talking to me man he's like it might look bad for you he's like i'm just like peasant and uh she's like no i love you and he's like yeah i I get that he's like but again he's like i'm just like a peasant dude like you maybe shouldn't be talking to me i am but the peasant i am a french i'm a french swede and you're just like wow okay be incredible uh yeah i mean it's all kind of stink in this movie and then I, I did like when she's like, let me tell you about my childhood. And like, there's a line where he's just like, I'm going to bed. He's like, I've had enough of this. He's like, I've had enough of whatever this game is. I'm going to bed. Also, the party is bizarre where it's just like, it's servants night. You servants get real corked up. Do whatever you feel like tonight. The Lord isn't going to be here. And you're just like, what? The Lord's not going to be there. Where is he? Yeah. He's off watching these the, servants. He's at someone else's place. Uh, and those servants are stuck serving them. Bizarre, it's, their, it's their night to ride. I know. It's ser- well, it's servant night. You know? it's, uh, so that's cool. Um, anyways, yeah. This movie stinks. Uh, is it somewhere between unbearable lightness of being and 
The magic flute? Yeah, maybe. It might be. <laughs> it could be today. It could be today. Testament of Or uh, Orpheus? I don't know. Might be there too. Yeah. What was, I don't your, know. Uh, what was your letterbox review? Uh Miss Pooley. <laughs> Which I gotta say. None of you fuckers like that, and I—I I don't mean Jared because he doesn't like any of my reviews. But none of you fuckers like that. I can't—I can't stand to feed your uh, insatiable uh, ego. The horse shit. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if there's um, if there's ever a classic man who thinks he's the funniest person in any room, I can't I can't like any of that. You're falling into a trap if you do it, folks. Stop yeah, liking but, anything. But my. Uh, uh okay uh so you you know i watched that movie where the crawdads sing yeah yeah i uh while we were watching it i just i kind of started giggling like laughing and andrew's like what are you laughing about and i was like <laughs> you're thinking like, about your letterbox <laughs> review yeah I was, and i said it i don't want to spoil it i said it out loud and she's like she's like okay she didn't <laughs> she didn't really react she's like okay she's like that got you going hey and i was like it's really funny and then I I, po I I hit the review, and then the next day it had like four. Like right now it hasn't grown since then, but it had like four likes overnight. I was like, my review's blowing up. I was like, people are loving it. And she's blowing like, really? up. I was yeah, like, well, you, it's that's got like, four. It's got four that's likes. My favorite uh, on Twitter when somebody posts something, and then their next comment is like, well, this really blew up. This Follow really me on my socials. Really uh, check check out this good cause. <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe actually, so, I should get, probably getting update some, that. Getting some guy some legs or something. Yeah, I'll I'll update that yeah. on here. Wow, this really <laughs> blew up. Link, link to the link, link to the Patreon on it's... my socials and uh, smash this link to our Patreon. Okay, I gotta look up our Patreon so I smash. can it really helps. It really helps. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you know what? You and me might we're, we might be just about to take off. You know what I mean? Yeah, any day now. This any could be any day now. Where the any fuck is the Patreon? When you Google Criterion Creeps, we have X, SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple, Instagram, Podchaser, Face. This should be later. Pod Podchaser. <laughs> Okay, wait, I'll save this for when we do the send-off because there's some wild shit in here. Okay. If you type in Patreon Criterion Creeps, it does well. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that too. I just typed in Criterion Creeps just to see. And and I think at some point I had written, Welcome to the Creep Land. You're the Lawrence Olivier and Henry V of fans. Well, I that's, mean, what if, that's what it reads right now. I don't, I don't want to belittle the listeners out there because you're listening, but like if you like this show, I don't know, man. We're not making a good show. We're not doing good things out here, you guys. Uh, it's it's breaking down. It's really breaking down. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, you know. How did? Okay. What's better, Miss Julie or the Three Penny Opera? Another uh, adaptation of a uh, of a of a dated, stodgy piece of shit. What was Three Penny about again? Like, what was the main <laughs> takeaway of that? Uh it had the Mac the Knife song in it. So oh, it's better. Three Penny's better. Yeah. yeah just on that alone. This. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah, uh, how does this compare? Back. How does this compare to the uh, the ballet movies, the the shorts, uh, the, the Martha Graham uh, trilogy? Might be worse than the Martha Grahams. 
Ooh. Okay, so above Berlin Alexander Platz. No. Uh... Now you know what Berlin Alexander Platz is getting higher now. Yeah. No, that one Martha Graham was really shitty. Berlin Alexander Platz has done it. It's leftover Miss Julie. Because at least Berlin Alexander Platz made me. I burst out laughing. It 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 was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen, which is fucking. Franz Biberkov on the cross with a nuclear bomb going off behind him. Doesn't get better than that. In well, I was gonna say, in by, that lo- by that logic, it should be the top of your. Uh, okay, top. I mean it, it. It could be. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, okay, we're not. It's not going to be above Days of Heaven or Two Lane Blacktop. The rest oh, of it, yeah. I, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit about the rest of these movies we've been watching? Not me. Not me. Not me. Yeah, sick. Yeah, so we had a from... we had a good time. You want to hear from uh, people who I don't know hate love. this, love this? Let's I find out. Care. Whichever. This yeah. one is allegedly a Palm Door winner. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like that means anything. The mother. Okay. Then people write things like the mother slayed. Not gonna lie. It's like okay, Sue. Um, mm. I'm not even gonna yeah, read that. That one's garbage. That's like a terrible thing. Uh, in characters I can't read. Uh, in uh, Spanish, mm-hmm. I think. Nope. Swedish. Mobby at the, one and a half stars. At the start of this, yeah. I was thinking, oh, even for a 1951 film, this is quite misogynistic. Then you get oh. Julie's flashback, and it's revealed that the entire film is basically about how shit women are and how feminism will bring down society. So, yeah. Big yikes for me. The class politics are toothless. Mm. The melodrama is grating. Every character is annoying, apart from psycho rad femme mom. She's great. Mm. And the sexism is so intense. Shame because the film was incredibly crafted, but fantastic filmmaking can't save a piss story based on a piss play. How did Paul manage to pick something worse than an American in Paris? I'm going to have to give this round to the Oscars. I feel sick. Uh, Mobby, um, their thing says Chad film takes found here. And I feel like when you call yourself a Chad, even ironically, you're not a Chad. Yeah. Yeah, You lost. I think you're any, anything but so. What about if you, what if you're self-described giga Chad? Um, I mean, there's something. I mean, that's a, that's a giga Chad move. (laughs) To, to, to claim the giga Chadness. Yeah. Well, I'd say how many like I'd be like how many likes do their craw, uh, where the crawdads sing um, reviews have because right. if it's more than three I believe well, that that why so few well if it's more than three then that's a giga chat review of where the crawdads sing less than th- three or less is not enough but more than three is definitely enough. <laughs> got that going for me which is pretty good yep i was gonna read this one but holy shit that is that is a block for the for the five star club that's that's a block of text i'm not gonna jump into that uh another one this really brings out people uh loving it uh wow okay uh violanta 
from Strindberg's Miss Julie, a fantastic study of the impact of the class struggle on the characters' souls. Alf oh, yeah, Schoberg sure. made a cinematic masterpiece. Mm-hmm. The actors, the settings are marvelous, and their dialogues contribute to this ode to the complexity of beings. Watching this film in 2018 after the Me Too movement and at a moment when social media is negating the richness of human beings, I find that this splendid film is still very modern. I will say the movie does look nice. Uh, it's well photographed, but mm. that's that. I don't know. I don't. I, mean, I don't buy it. I don't. I don't. I don't accept this. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. But okay. I'm glad it works for somebody. A lot. A lot of people like this. Uh, no. No one's five star. Like, there's not that many five star reviews in the last four years. Mm-hmm. Is a uh, good. It's There's probably for the people best. Watch. Have fun when you're watching movies. Like, uh, like when not, you're watching. Not what we're doing. Like, have like when you're watching like Lower Decks, like fun, like yeah. that kind of fun. When you go, yeah. <laughs> he said the thing. <laughs> he said it. He said the fun thing that we all had fun with. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Eat shit, Miss Julie. Oh That's wow! That's what RJ said. That's what Miss RJ just texted me. Oh, I I said I think I believe I said Miss Pooley. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts on Miss Julie? Uh, Miss Pooley. Ooh, <laughs> what a what a twist! Mm-hmm. No, that's my only thought, really. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, not for us, folks. Not for us. And probably not for you either. Pretty doubtful. Get out of here with this crap. Mm-hmm. After the break. Um, Farts and we, butts. We, we kill ourselves under the watchful eye of our based mom. Based or cringe? Ba- based. 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 Whoa, whoa, Julie. If you love me truly, do you want me truly to be be over young? Julie, let me only. Julie, don't be lonely. Cause I want you only to be. RJ, if you were a Miss Julie. Would you be trying to bang your servants? Um, if I was a Miss Julie, I'd cut out the middleman. Stop trying to get someone else to do your dirty work for you. Just do it. Stop wasting everybody's time. You know what I mean? Curious. Well, you know. It's, it's all very vague and threatening. The way we like it here at the Criterion Increase podcast, which you can email at uh, gmail.com And let me tell you, keep it vague and threatening. Where can they find this vague, threatening stuff? Let me tell you. They can find us on X bracket, Twitter bracket. They can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple, Instagram, Podchaser, Podtail, Podbean, Podnews, Reddit, Podscribe, Listen Notes, Chartable, Patreon, iHeart, Player FM, 
Uh, letterboxed, apparently number 29 on this list. Uh, APA PsychNet. Oh, number 29 of what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. APA PsychNet? This is like a. a like a, <laughs> APA is like American Psychology Association. Traumatic, of, traumatic events. Uh -oh. Criterion creep. And the creation of. Oh my god, what? I'm clicking the link. And the creation of a pre traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Huh. This person listens to the podcast for sure. Traumatic events, criterion creep, and the creation of pre-traumatic stress disorder. Oh man, this is good stuff. I'm posting. I, I, th I think I think there, I think this is like in reference to a criterion creep, in terms of uh, the linkage of a defined class of traumatic events with a specified set of symptoms, and it's like criterion A, criterion B through D. <laughs> I'm sure it is. The criterion but, uh, that was creep. Just funny. Good, RJ. Uh, we're also on Refonic. We're on yeah. Player FM. We're on Podscribe. We're on Listen Notes, Pod Bay. We're on Fan Pop. We are on uh, 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 Springer, iVooks. Um, we're also on uh dvd exotica oh that can't be right oh no that's nice hey, remember there's those remember. other guys that started their criterion podcast and they were going to call it criterion creeps oh and yeah they were, they... and they were calling it that and then when we i think when we called them out on it they had to change the name well we were already like two years in and then they yeah. put out like three ep five or six episodes and we're like uh we have like 200 episodes and they're like oh <laughs> like just google it you dumb idiots Uh, Anyways. brings you back, brings you back. Hey, RJ, what are we talking about next week? Uh, we are not talking about anything next week because why is that? Um, let's just say that uh, with the weather and is it, is it Worf's shifted birthday? schedule? Is it uh, well, Worf's I don't know birthday? about that. Let's just say Worf Wave is coming. Is is prominent? It's prominent. So mm. let's just say. We did have a, a skip week planned, uh, which Before. actually kind of worked out nice. Yeah, because yeah. could you imagine doing this now and then coming back in 48 hours and doing it again? Talking Eat about shit. <laughs> talking about uh, season one of Lower Decks in 48 hours. Could you imagine? And then uh, talking about uh, Lindsay Anderson's This Sporting Life. Next oh, yeah. Week. We'll do that eventually. Yeah. File that under eventually. Eventually. Or don't, whatever. Or not. This is Sporting Life 1963 coming at you in two weeks. Uh, uh, Shinji. Remember Shinji? Shinji? I, I, I do know that the Star Trek talks over, though. Well, for, for a little bit. For a little while. Like... I'll watch season's Discovery when the, I'll uh, I'll do that when that comes. Um, and then, I mean, whenever Strange New World's new season comes. But then we'll wait for it to be completely over. So at least, I'd say at least a year people can relax, right? At least a year. It'll be out any time this year. Yeah, but we'll wait for it to be over in completion. It's going to get you. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to live stream 
yourself watching it? I'll live stream if the dollar is right. Okay. If the dollar value is I right, know of well. one person that would pay for that. Which one? But there might be some requests about your attire. I'll wear whatever they want, as long as it's like not like nudity. Oh, nudity. there won't be nudity. It'll be in, it'll be inside. Excuse me. Good night.